Welcome to the Clubhouse with Shane Bacon. I am your host, Shane Bacon. It's a busy one today. Tiger Woods is back again. Is he back, back? I think he's he's finally back, at least on the PGA Tour in 2018. We have a new number two in the world. Fresh off a win, John Rahm at the Career Builder. Now he comes in a defending champion at the Farmers Insurance Open. A lot to talk about, including Tommy Fleetwood, Rory McIlroy. There's so much happening, and we've just got underway here in the West Coast Swing. But before we get to all of that, I wanted to let you know that I'm giving away something for you fine folks that listen to this podcast. I have an OGO bag, a terminal travel bag to give away, but that's not all. Inside of this bag, there'll be a dozen of the new Callaway Chrome Soft Golf Balls, plus a Travis Matthew Polo and a new pair of the Trifecta Travis Matthew Pants that just launched. You'll be looking good. You'll be traveling great, and you won't have to dig around for any new golf balls once the weather heats up. All I'm asking for you to win this is simply write a review of this podcast, The Clubhouse with Shane Bacon on iTunes, screen grab the review, and tweet it to me at the Clubhouse Pod on Twitter. If you do that, you're officially entered. It's very, very easy. Make sure you're following the Clubhouse Twitter so I can reach out to you if you do win. It's easy enough. Write a review, screen grab it, send it my way, and boom, you could be outfitted with some new gear, some much-needed new gear as we get underway here in 2018. And as always, the Clubhouse is brought to you by Ogio, a leader in bag design across all platforms. Ogio makes some of the best golf bags, travel bags, and backpacks out there. And if you don't win this contest, you can still save 20% at checkout by using the offer code THECLUBHOUSE, no spaces. That will save you 20%. Check out all of the gear at ogio.com right now. And we have plenty of Tiger talk today with Damon Hack of Golf Channel. We spent the majority of the time talking about Tiger, the good, the bad, and the ugly as we prepare for the comeback here at the Farmers Insurance. But before we got to, we get to Damon, I wanted to bring on Curtis Strange. Curtis had a little dust up on Twitter. Curtis is a great follow. At golf underscore strange is the Twitter handle. And for about the last year, he's just been on there uh, ranting and raving, having a good time with it. Uh, he talked a little bit about the playoff between John Rahm and Andrew Landry on Sunday. He was seeing the guys chatting it up and smiling in the playoff, and he didn't like it. You know, he's an old-school guy, and he said that on Twitter, and it made a lot of headlines. I just wanted to have Curtis on to chat a little bit about that. I asked him on the back end of that about Tiger Woods and what he expects to see this week at Torrey Pines. And then after that, we will get to Damon Hack for the majority of this Clubhouse podcast. Appreciate everybody that's listening and subscribing as we get set for Curtis Strange. And we welcome back into the clubhouse a man that is just ruffling feathers left and right. Curtis Strange, two-time U.S. Open champion. Now uh, a man that spent some time on Twitter. And he, uh, I don't want to say you got yourself in hot water this week, but you just were honest about a playoff and uh, and, and it made headlines. And it was uh, it was crazy. Let me read a couple of, of the headlines to you, Curtis, before we get going here. Golf Digest. Curtis Strange rips John Rahm and Andrew Land- Landry for their playoff. Golf Channel, Strange irked by Rom Landry. Uh, you got a call out for Golf City. Golf Week said you slammed the playoff chatter. What happened, Curtis Strange? Well, you know, I think the, the only reason is I'm not trying to grab headlines. That's that's the <laughs> number one thing here. You know, I'm, I'm beyond that right now. Quiet is better. Uh, but, you know, I tweet, and I've been tweeting, as you know, for pushing a year now, and – I'm just trying to, if I see things, give them a little inside baseball. Um, you know, tweet a, a great swing, a Sam Snead swing with a comment, a Ben Hogan swing, or even a John Ron swing. 
uh, something I really like and maybe why he's going to be so good or has been so good at such a young age. And I just saw in the playoff on, on this past Sunday at the uh, career builder, Bob Hope, as I call it, that they walked off the first playoff tee and they're talking to each other and kind of giggling and laughing. And I'm thinking, that's odd. And I, it's not, you know, people embellish everything. Now, now it's, it was a personal attack and I slammed them. I will say this. If I slam somebody, you'll know it. Okay. <laughs> I didn't mean anything <laughs> by it, but I, I think it, it took a life of its own. But I think maybe it's a good thing because it got a reaction because it was different. And I think the majority of people that are watching it saying, hmm, maybe you thought to themselves, that is a little odd. Uh, in my day, I've been called the old man, go get a life the last day and on Twitter and stuff like that. Well, yes, I'm, I am getting old. Uh, I have a life. Thank you so much for offering yours. But the other thing is that, you know, I'm just trying to give you a little inside baseball. And in my day, let's just say this. You didn't see Tom Brady chit-chatting with everybody on the sidelines, even on his own team this past Sunday when he was behind. You didn't see other athletes, top-notch athletes, chatting when it comes down to the stretch because we just don't get enough chances to win. And when you have a chance to win, you have to dig down deep and do everything in your power to win. And that's all I was trying to do was give a little inside that this was a little different than what we might have done. Well, yeah, I'll just give people a quick backstory on, on what you said. First of all, if you haven't, if you don't follow Curtis on, on Twitter, get with it. It's, it's at golf underscore strange, S-T-R-A-N-G-E. And uh, he mentioned, you know, he's been tweeting for, a year or so, and, and he's very honest, and, and that is the nice thing about the Curtis Strange Twitter. He said, watching Andrew Landry and John Rahm in a playoff, walking off tee, talking to each other, are you kidding me, talking at all? You answered to some people's questions. You know, People were asking you what you thought about it. You basically were saying that you never wanted to make an opponent feel relaxed, especially in a playoff. You even went and said you and Faldo uh, would say zero words when you were in playoffs against each other and and it does bring up the discussion that this is new new age professional golf versus old age and these guys are like this a lot of the time on the golf course that being said I do feel like there are guys out there competitive wise that wouldn't act like this even in today's game Jordan Spieth's a name that comes to mind he seems like the type of guy that when he's between those ropes he doesn't want to be buddy buddy and it brought up something to me Curtis if you think back to Valhalla when Rory McIlroy won that PGA championship he mentioned after that he got fired up when he saw Ricky Fowler and Phil Mickelson fist bumping during the final round. He said he didn't like to see that because he was trying to kick their asses, was I think his exact line. And it's something that it, a little bit of what you're saying is you don't want to see that. You might congratulate him after, but you don't want to see it when it's actually going down. Yeah, you know, there's no right and wrong here, Shane. And everything you said is accurate if you have that type of personality. It all depends on the individual. I tell you the way I went about it is that, you know, I was a serious player on the golf course to start with, so there wasn't a whole lot of chatter, but you talked during the 18 holes with your friends, and as long as everything was going well. When somebody's playing poorly, obviously you don't talk a lot. But in this case, you know, they know each other well. That's fine. I, I accept that. But it wasn't for me, and I really think you have to really concentrate and, and, and do the utmost in, in your power to to do the best they can. I'm going to give you a great segue, and that's, let me just say, I don't think I've ever seen Tiger Woods chit-chat going on the first hole <laughs> of a playoff. I've been in like eight or 10 or 11 or 12 playoffs, okay? I have a winning record, but in playoffs are, 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 are a crap shoot anyway. But, you know, I went about the same way. And, and, and 
the guys I played against in the day, there wasn't anything said in, in a sudden death playoff because, first of all, what am I going to say to them? I don't want to throw them off consciously. What are they going to say to me? Well, I don't want to hear anything about their wife and kids because at that point it's <laughs> irrelevant to me at that time. And, you know, I just, I just felt like it was – this was a big moment. I put in a lot of blood, sweat, and tears over the years to have this opportunity, and I had to do what I thought was best for me to, to, to win. And it's a little bit different than what we might see in today's time, but I do think it depends on the personality. Yeah, I was looking it up. You are 6-3 and three all-time in PGA Tour playoffs. You've beaten Lee Trevino, Peter Jacobson, Calvin Pete, Norman Faldo, Kite. I have noticed a lot of win with birdie on first extra holes. It was something that you... I'm assuming it's something that brought out the best in your game when you look at that record and realize you were coming up clutch in those moments. Well, I don't know why. Maybe it was just being at the right place at the right time and getting luckier. I don't know why, but I do know I took it very, very seriously. And other than, hey, best of luck on the tee or, hey, maybe how did you get there? Great birdie in the last hole, whatever it might have been. That was the end of the chit chat. <laughs> Three playoffs in 1988. That's not fun for that's not good for your blood pressure. You know, I got to tell you, it, it's it's exciting. It's the most exciting a player can ever be. Even it coming down the last hole, because you're the you know if if you got a birdie the last hole to win, that's similar. But there's something psychologically that's that's uh, you get really anxious and nervous in a sudden death because you know down deep if you make any tiny mistake. You will lose. It was. Is there any comparison in like a team event to, to the way a playoff felt? You know, like when you were playing in a Ryder Cup, where, where every hole felt a little bit like a playoff, where it was win or lose this hole and move on. Did, did, did that? Was there any similarities in that situation? Well, there is. It is basically match play when you get into a sudden death playoff. So that's that's where it pretty much ends because in an eighteen hole match play, you can recover from a mistake uh, unless it's the last hole. But in sudden death. It's over with. And, you know, I got to tell you, I took losses when I had a chance to win and I, and I didn't win. Now, we all take them tough, and I'm not going to say I took them any tougher than the next guy, but it hurt me, and, and I didn't like it. And so I went at it tough. Those who know me know that's the way I'm wound. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I've been called all kinds of things, and, you know, that's why <laughs> children cry on sports now. Really? We're talking about adults here. We're not talking about children. I made a comment, and I will continue to do this on Twitter because I think the majority of people like a little inside that I do give them. I, I agree. I, I, I love it. I always love the reactions, too. I love to click on the link and, and read what everybody said. You mentioned Tiger Woods. I wanted to ask you this before I let you go. I don't want to take too much of your time. But Tiger, of course, is returning this week. Had Damon Hack on and talk a lot about Tiger, and we spent a majority of it. But I just wanted to get your thoughts. We saw a different-looking Tiger a month ago you know, in Albany, but that's, you know, that's, a, that's a, an 18-player field, and this is a full-field event on a big, big ballpark. What do you expect to see this week from Tiger? Well, what he did a, a month or so ago was was interesting, but the real test is going to be this week and in the future. And I think it was a good test for him because he's been away from the game for so long. He still has a months before he's comfortable on the golf course. Uh, he could very well come out and play well. I don't know how he's practiced. I don't know what he's doing. He's he's on his own swinging now. Which is a good thing. He knows his own swing. He knows his game. He knows what he has to do. Uh, I like everybody else. I'm very, very anxious to see how he plays. I hope he plays well. I think even if he doesn't play well this week, uh, I think we're going to see some good play at Tiger Woods this year. 
That is the hope. We, you and I just want to see him at Shinnecock, let's be honest. But I want to see, I just want to see healthy Tiger Woods. That's what I want to see. Curtis, I appreciate you taking some time. Um, when will we see you next? What's your next gig? Oh, let's see. Uh, I'm not going to be playing much because if somebody said I'm the old man, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I, uh, I'll see you at the U.S. Open. That'll be it. The U.S. Open. It'll be fun. Curtis Strange, make sure you follow him. Ga- golf underscore Strange. Uh, as he said, he, he's not scared to, to give his opinion, even if it rustles some feathers and makes um, some headlines. It was uh, it was popping around the Internet on Monday. I appreciate the time, and I will see you soon. Thanks, Shane. Before we get to our conversation with Golf Channel's Damon Hack, I just wanted to let you know that if you're not subscribed to PGA Tour Live, this is the week to do it. And let me tell you why. Starting on Thursday, you're going to get Ricky Fowler, Sandra Schauffele, Patrick Cantlay, Phil Mickelson, Justin Rose, Hideki Matsuyama. That is the only place you can watch their full rounds on PGA Tour Live. And bonus coverage, oh yeah, by the way, it's Tiger Woods. That's the bonus coverage on Thursday. And then on Friday, you get the entire 18 holes of Tiger Woods. He goes at 12.30 p.m. Eastern. You can only see that on PGA Tour Live as they show you all 18 holes of Tiger Woods' second round of 2018 on the PGA Tour. Go to PGATourLive.com. You can subscribe. It's 39 bucks for the year, $39. You get all of this bonus coverage, plus you'll get a chance to watch all of Tiger's second round and a lot of his first round only on PGA Tour Live. So do that now as we get over to Damon Hack. And we welcome into the clubhouse for the first time, which doesn't even seem like it should be right, Damon Hack, one of the co-hosts of Morning Drive at Golf Channel, great writer at GolfChannel.com, and really a, a guy that I can only imagine is extremely excited about this week. Does it feel major level this week at work and, and as you guys get prepared for the Tiger comeback that is, especially considering it's a real event you know, with a full field? It does. I mean, it's amazing that Tiger – uh, at 42, you know, with four back surgeries that we know of at minimum, uh, you know, hasn't won a tournament in five years, hasn't won a major since 2008. So that's 10 years. Uh, and I tell you what, it's like time stops. I still think that even, you know, with everything that's happened to him on and off the course, even with the emergence of these young players, uh, it's remarkable when, when Tiger is, is even in the field playing healthy, upright, you know, whether it's at work or people on the street or on social media, hey, what do you think about Tiger? What's he going to do in my own house, my family? You know, it's just, it's remarkable. You know, my, my parents on the West Coast, you know, hey, what do you think about Tiger? I mean, it's, it's remarkable. <laughs> and I think it just speaks to the power of, of, of the guy. I mean, he's, it's like Arnold Palmer. It's like Jack Nicholson. There will always be a huge legion of people who will believe in him, want to see him. They don't care whether he's shooting – 80 or 70 or 60 they just they want to know what he's doing does he have a chance uh, the the images his power uh, that he had and clearly still has over the game I, I think it's real stuff yeah and I mean I was I was digging back through some of the stuff you've written over the last couple of years and after the hero world challenge a year two years ago I guess you know, headed into 2017, you wrote a piece about Tiger and, you know, he finished 15th out of 17 players there. And, and you wrote a line to kind of end. It said, Woods left the Hero World Challenge in a better place than he arrived. He knows there are those who believe he'll win more majors than others who say he's finished. You wrote that before 17. Of course, we know what happened in 2017. This does feel different, though. I think you and I can both agree that watching him play 
this past December felt different than watching them have that one solid round on a Friday a couple of years ago and then really struggle the last couple of rounds and almost finish dead last. Doesn't it feel a little bit different this time? It does, Shane, and it's so funny because in the lead-up to the, the Hero this past December, we had all the, you know, the scuttlebutt. You know, Brad Faxon played with him and said, oh, he was out-driving Dustin Johnson, and, and that just sounded absolute, like, like lunacy. Like, like you know, <laughs> Brad, Brad's just, you know, he's, he's a nice guy, you know, maybe he's rooting for Tiger. And then you had the, the Ricky Fowlers, you know, who uh, you know, did, a, did an outing, um, down at the Floridian, and he was saying, "Yeah, you know, Tiger, he's he, he even hit it past me a couple of times." And, and you, so we had this kind of, you know, preamble before he even played at, at Hero that he was healthy, that he was happy, that he was exceptionally strong, that 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 he was going to surprise a lot of people. And then he gets up on that first tee and, and outdrives Justin Thomas, and, and really kind of goes toe to toe with the best players in the world. And look, this isn't Augusta National; it's not. Shinnecock Hills, but it was just, it was a revelation for those who have become accustomed to seeing Tiger at some point flinch, uh, stiff, you know, stiff swing, fall onto his knees, limping out of a bunker, you know, the images from a little over a year ago coming out of that bunker in, in Dubai using the, 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 the golf club like it was a cane to pull himself out of it. I mean, that was, I think that was the fear and, and the thought of a lot of people. So we had all this kind of preamble talk about hey this is a this is a different a different cat pardon the pun and, and sure enough uh, he goes out and, and just is absolutely hammering the golf ball finishes tied for ninth is reaching greens in two that other guys on the course can't and it was like wait a second what, where is this coming from it, it was it was remarkable to see him as healthy and strong uh, as he appears to be and, and I tell you what it, it made a lot of us kind of recalculate our own you know projections and opinions of, of what's you know possible for this finer chapter of this amazing career yeah i mean it's it's something that that i've really been hesitant to to jump all in on i mean i had jaime diaz was telling me it, on the podcast a couple of weeks ago he said if he thinks tiger's healthy if he stays healthy throughout the year he thinks he could get back to number one in the world i mean that's something that still blows my mind i am interested that he picks this event to come back on i mean we know the successes he's had at Torrey Pines and junior golf, amateur golf, the seven wins, the U.S. Open. But if you think about it as a golfer and, and, and a psycho golfer like myself, where my brain always thinks of the negatives, the last three times he's teed it up, he finished tied for 80th, WD, and missed cut. Can a guy like Tiger at 42 get to Torrey Pines, get on that first tee on Thursday and on Friday, and into the positive memories do you feel like will come back? Or are those negative, the, the most recent memories, which are all negative, do those linger there as well? Do you like him picking this event for his comeback? i tell you what, I understand the, the love of this place and you know the eight wins, including that U.S. Open in 2008. I don't have a problem with the, the re-entry point as, as much as I, I would like to see him play more. Uh, I, I've spoken to Davis Love about this. In fact, it was a couple of years ago when he said, listen, Tiger Woods needs reps. You know, he, before he, he can win again, before he can contend again, you know, make cuts with consistency, he just has to play. And, and Robert Dameron uh, on Morning Drive at PGA Tour Winner says the same thing. You know, the schedule, uh, this isn't, you know, 2000 Tiger. This, this is someone who needs reps. So he plays great in the Bahamas, and then he's gone for, you know, more than a month. So we don't know if it's, is this just, you know, old stubborn Tiger kind of doing things the way he's always done it, or is this a, a 42-year-old golfer saying, you know what, 
I'm going to be careful. I'm going to play, you know, here and there. But you just want to know if, if the guy, uh, you know, four times, you know, coming off back surgery at that age, can he actually win golf tournaments and contend in golf tournaments with a scattershot schedule? That's the, that's the one thing I, I wonder. And I know there's more to it than just, you know, where do you show up? And I know it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, he's from Southern California. He's got the Genesis up the road in a few weeks at Riviera, which is, you know, run by his foundation now. And, and who knows, you know, some of the, the backroom dealings about where he's going to play and where not. There's, there's a lot probably we won't know, even in this new era of Tiger, who I think is more accessible and happier uh, than the lone wolf guy from 15 years ago. But I, I do wonder, you know, with all these guys playing as much as they are, they're young, limber-backed, uh, fearless, still hungry. I wonder if Tiger, you know, with the old calculus of playing 15 to 18 events on the PGA Tour, uh, can win uh, consistently like he used to do. And, and let's be honest, win it all at, at this point. That's all we're waiting to see is can he, you know, get that 80th PGA Tour win? Can he get that 15th major championship? I'm not sure he can um, if he doesn't have the reps because confidence, you know, only comes from seeing, you know, a lot of good scores, pencil in your hands, your scorecard in your back pocket, and he's not giving himself that type of schedule yet. I hope at some point, whether it's March, you know, Honda, April, you know, into the big events that we're seeing Tiger playing some back-to-backs and really starting to string together a schedule where he can be very competitive. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, the, 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 the good and the bad of Torrey Pines with him. I mean, it is a big ballpark, and we know his – his numbers. We know how far he's hitting the golf ball and how many people have told us, for goodness sakes, that he's hitting at 330. And you mentioned a couple of the guys he's been able to outdrive and hitting with Dustin Johnson, all that stuff. We've all heard that. But it is a ballpark where Tiger has to use the club that over the course of his career he struggled the most with, and that is the driver. I mean, he struggled to get the ball in the fairway. This is thick, rough at Torrey Pines. And these are golf courses that if you start missing it, you're going to see 74, 75, 76 happen really, really fast. That's what happened a year ago. I just wonder if there's there's a stubbornness to Tiger. There, of course, there is. But if there's a stubbornness there, where he says this is the place I I have the most success. This is this is a record event. You know, I've won it seven times, and 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 not really looking at who he is right now. That's something that I get really interested in because you mentioned it. I mean, John Rahm's not going to be scared to hit drive around every hole. You know, he's going to be out there right. beating that thing everywhere. And I mean, if Tiger starts to to miss it, and we saw him miss it a little bit at the Hero World. It's going to be a long week, and I do think you know you're innocent until proven guilty. Uh, you know that that's how our law system works. With with Tiger now, this first event is going to be extremely telling for a season, not just for him, but for us. I mean, if he goes out there and shoots 76, 74, and misses the cut, then where is where does his confidence come back from? That's what I wonder about. It's a great point, and listen, this is a golf course they play. You know, it's a seaside course where it's going to be you know 50 degrees in the morning and it's going to have that thick marine layer. Anyone from Southern California knows that, that it's, it's cold. You know, we talk about these pretty pictures from the West coast. It's cold in San Diego, <laughs> especially in the morning. And it's tough for, for anyone, let alone a 42 year old guy who's trying to get warm uh, and to be competitive and shoot good scores, especially at Torrey South, you know, one of the hardest, you know, four or five golf courses on the PGA tour that, that anyone will play this year. So I, I think you're right. There's a stubbornness, but I think he leans on the fact that, you know what, he's won seven farmers insurances and, you know, and, and Snedeker and, and Phil have won two. The fact that he has a, a scoring average 
of, of below 70, uh, which is better than anybody in, over the last 20 years. Uh, he's, what, 64 under par better than, uh, than <laughs> Phil Mickelson, the, the next guy, uh, over the last 20 years. And I think those images and feels from 2008 when he, you know, on one leg was hobbling around and, you know, jarring chip shots from, from the rough and beating Rocco Mediate and, and, you know, those are the last time we saw him win a major. I, I think those are the things he will lean on. But I think this is going to be uh, really telling because this isn't the, uh, the resource of Albany, you know, where it's you know, 80 degrees and the fairways are wide and it's a nice, uh, <laughs> friendly, right. easy golf course. This is, this is a beastly golf course with thick rough that's going to ask big questions. But I think it also speaks to the confidence that Tiger has always had. Uh, he is stubborn as a mule, and you said it perfectly. And I think those are a lot of different – there's a lot of different reasons that we're seeing Tiger at this golf course, but I think there will be some big questions answered this week. And I tell you what, on the opposite end, if he does play well, if he shoots 69, 68 and, and, and plays into the weekend and has a great week, look out. Maybe he'll take that confidence and take it on down the road to, to Riviera and beyond into the spring. Yeah, I mean, I think it could work both ways for sure. You can hear my negativity coming out. You can even hear it when I say that. I say, what if he does the bad? And I like that you're here to say, what if he does the good? <laughs> you're around. I mean, you're around some of the, the best insiders in the game there at Golf Channel, and around these guys for Morning Drive, like like you know I May and Tim and those guys. What what are the, what are they saying? Not just on camera, but but off camera. I mean, is there a feeling amongst your peers that we could see a big year out of this guy? There really is. I tell you, in talking, in fact, I've been fortunate enough to spend some time with Tim and Jaime off the air, and and talking about. Can you, but first of all, can you even believe this has happened? I think there's a lot of a feeling of wow, like he still wants to do this. He still wants to put his body back together after everything that's happened, after the scandal, after the DUI, after the back surgeries, after everything. If if he wanted to go hide and live in a mansion and you know hit pitch shots in his backyard and just be a dad and never step in front of a camera inside the ropes again. Um, we would all say, Hey dude, I get it. You, you've done it. You've done it. You've won 14 majors and 79 PJ tour events. You carried this sport. You created jobs in the golf industry. You saved, you know, the, the, the beat writer job as long as it existed in, in newspapers. You know, after a lull uh, in the nineties, you, you were an absolute, you know, one man stimulus package, you, you know, for the PGA tour and Tim Fincham. And these players, they love you and, and media, you know, we've, we've, you know, leaned on you for quotes and, and, you know, we've all benefited from him. And if he had said, you know what, I'm done, I'm through, we would have said, I get it. I totally understand. And the fact that he wanted to come back and put his body back together again, and despite everything, the chip yips, whatever he, it was he was dealing with, whether he says it was um, between, you know, swing philosophies or if he actually – you know, had to conquer what a lot of older players in the late day stages of their careers do in the, with their short games and or their putting and or their driving. Uh, you know, think of David Duvall, what he had to go through, and, and Ian Baker Finch, if, if, if Bernard Langer, if he was somehow able to put Band-Aids on it and still want to do this despite the 15-shot win at Pebble and being held to the same standard of winning four majors in a row and winning a Masters by 12 and an Open by 8. That guy who hasn't won in five years, still wants to come back and say, I can do this. I want to show these youngsters what I have. I want to show my kids 
that this is who I am. You don't know what, what I used to do. You see me on YouTube. He said his daughter calls him the YouTube golfer. <laughs> I, I think that's the main thought of, of a lot of us in, at Golf Channel. When we talk off there is, wow, he still wants to do this. And for sure, how lucky for us that we have this storyline alongside the greatness of a young uh, Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth and, and Sergio breaking through for a major and Ricky Fowler being perhaps the next man up and Dustin Johnson winning all these tournaments for 11 straight years, you know, and Rory McIlroy trying to find his way back and all of these great storylines. Here is this guy who's been on the scene for 20 years and he still wants to do it. I think there's a lot of gratitude because he gives us a great storyline in what's already going to be a fantastic 2018. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting when you think about our current sports generation. You know, if you think about 2018, you know, from a step back and how lucky we are. I mean, you think about Roger Federer, you know, finds another gear in a, at, a, at a time when go, when every tennis player's done. You've got Tom Brady and another Super Bowl at 40. You know, you get Serena Williams, who's going to be making another comeback after having a kid who, again, should be aged out of tennis. And, oh, by the way, LeBron James, still the best basketball player in the world, and he's older than he should be <laughs> at this dominant level. And now we get a 42-year-old Tiger Woods that's going to give it a go. And I think that, again, you know, for a long time, you had Tiger fans and Tiger haters. You had Phil fans and Phil haters during that time. Sergio was the next in line, and on and on it's gone. I feel like sports fans as a whole right now, you know, maybe 98% are rooting for this comeback because the comeback is what you love to root for. It doesn't matter who it is. You just want to see it, and it just so happens to be from the most dominant player of all time. I mean, think about what we saw in December. You know, Bo Jackson, Michael Phelps, Steph Curry. Hey, Tiger's back. They're tweeting about, they love you know, it. a guy who's put his body back together, playing in a, in a hit and giggle end of December and he's transcending the game. It's remarkable. And I tell you what, I think you've hit on something and I, I'll go back to my youth as a Laker fan who grew up absolutely detesting Larry Bird. I couldn't stand Larry Bird. I couldn't stand the Celtics. I, I loved the, the Lakers Celtic rivalry and I loved watching magic beat the Celtics and I love seeing magic and bird go head to head. And then toward the end of Bird's career, I got totally nostalgic and I missed them. Yep. And I was like, wait a second, Larry Bird's gone? And I spent <laughs> you know, years trying to find, you know, who, who can equal this Magic Bird rivalry? And we had greatness from Jordan and, and you know, Isaiah and later Shaq and Kobe and all the rest. But I, I think if, you know, if you're a Tiger hater, uh, you, you will at least know that, listen, this guy moves the needle, makes the game better, eminently more interesting. And, and to have him in the fold in any way, shape, or form is remarkable, and and I tell you what, I I missed it with the NBA, and and I think if you're a Tiger hater, um, you know, you, you be careful, be careful what you hate because when he's not in the fold, <laughs> the game is just a little bit less interesting than it is when he's inside the ropes and wearing that red shirt because he can do things in the game historically that have never been done before. You know, I'm just waiting for the moment where uh, Patrick Reed and, and Tiger appear together now that Patrick Reed's doing the Nike thing. I mean, does he wear the red on Sunday as well? I mean, I'm, I'm just wondering if, is he, <laughs> does he def, does he just go, no, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change it up. I'm not going to, we're not going to match today. It'll be interesting. I, I wanted you to tell a story. You told me this story years ago. Uh, you, I think you're working for Sports Illustrated, if I'm correct. And it was the 2000 uh, Open Championship. And, and, and you paid your own way to go over to St. Andrews and watch Tiger because you said, you know, this is this is something I need to see in person. 
I'll tell you, I was working for Newsday. I was covering, in fact, speaking of the NBA, I was covering the NBA Finals. It was the Lakers and the Indiana Pacers. So I was over in L.A. Um, watching, you know, this NBA Finals. At the same time, Tiger was on his way to winning the U.S. Open at Pebble by 15 shots, which meant that he would go to St. Andrews in July of 2000 with a chance to complete the career Grand Slam. And that, those were the days when, when Tiger played, you could pretty much guarantee he was going to win the golf tournament. Right. So I got in touch with Art Spander, a uh, longtime Bay Area golf writer, and Jeff Williams, who at the time was the golf writer for Newsday. And I was like, guys, how can I make my way to St. Andrews? I was pretty new to the game. Like a lot of people got swept up uh, in the Tiger Woods mania uh, from his you know, three straight U.S. Uh, GA, uh, U.S. Junior Amateurs, and then U.S. Amateurs in the early to mid-90s and was finally getting into the game. And, and so Tiger wins at Pebble by 15. I used my connections as a sports writer to, to find out where to stay. I stayed in the dorms. Um, you know, I basically, uh, you know, I brought my clubs. I kept a journal, which I still have to this day. And I, and I followed Tiger Woods. And it was like, I'm going to go watch history be made. You know, I just know that I don't want to, you know, pass through this life and saying I have not seen this guy play in person. Little did I know that I would eventually end up being a golf writer myself. But that was really kind of the seed that was planted once I was there that I wanted to end up covering golf and, and to watch Tiger. And I still remember some of the vivid moments. That was the first time Jack said goodbye uh, to the Open because that was supposed to be a swan song. And instead he came back in 2005 and played again. But I remember walking alongside Dennis Paulson's mom, uh, as we watched Dennis Paulson play golf. And I remember Tom Lehman <laughs> on the first tee hitting his drive and someone in the crowd shouting, Minnesota loves you, Tom. There was an American there, you know, rooting for Tom Lehman, who was then pretty much at the height of his power. Uh, I remember Tiger pulling away from the field and, and, and listening to the gallery. They were, they were shouting, AZ Tiger, in this, uh, in this Scottish <laughs> accent. And I was just, it was just, I'll, I'll never forget these images, these, these quotes, and, and the way I felt. Uh, watching this virtuoso performance by by someone I think who's played golf uh, at a level uh, at his best that has never been played before, and, and that was really the the spark that uh, lit inside me that said, "This is a game. Whether I'm writing about it or doing television, I, I want to spend my adulthood." of being around this incredible game. Yeah, I mean, you get to see him do it at the place where, you know, golf golf was born. I mean, that's pretty special. And, it's, it's you know, you, you almost forget, and you, you, you made a great point. I mean, you almost forget that that happened. I mean, his first chance to complete the career grand slam, he did it. I mean, you think about Rory, think about Phil, for goodness sakes. Now we've got Jordan Spieth trying to do it. You know, there's these players that are doing it, all of these different majors. And to do it your first time, I mean, Spieth would have had to basically do it last year to just step up when you have to and do it is unbelievable. But as you said, it was not a surprise. We weren't surprised. I feel like if Spieth would have won the PGA Championship last year, we would have been fairly surprised. Oh, my goodness, he won two in a row again. I can't believe that happened. And, and, and with, with Tiger, it just doesn't didn't really seem like that. It just seemed like it was supposed to happen. It was almost like it was written in the cards that he was going to do it at the old course. Yeah, you know, I, I once wrote that, uh, you know, Tiger Woods has turned a game – that uh, is marked by chance and unpredict in, in unpredictability. He's turned it into to, to something else. You know, it's like a tr- it was a treatise on 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 how golf is played with a with a dimple ball and, and a crooked stick. I mean, this is a game that's marked by heartbreak by by losing. And and there was a time when you could basically say, you know, I'm going to turn on my television 
on Sunday and watch Tiger Woods win a golf tournament. And it was a surprise when he didn't do it. And, and, and that's what was so remarkable about, about his, his dominant era to win seven majors out of 11, you know, to win four straight major championships at a time when, when Phil and, and, and VJ and you had, uh, you know, Jim Furyk and Retief Goosen and, and you had, you had a lot of studs out there and VJ was, was finding his way and winning major championships. And you had Justin Leonard, you had some tough, tough hombres out there. And people talk about, well, Tiger didn't have the, the era that uh, Trevino and Nicholas and Palmer had. And, 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 I, and I think Tiger just was, was that superior uh, to, to his peers and to his competition. But I tell you what, that's what's also so delicious about the potential that just maybe if he stays healthy, we can have Tiger and Jordan Spieth on Sunday or Tiger and Patrick Reed or Tiger and Rory McIlroy. I mean, that's, you know, we, we've missed that. We haven't had the, you know, the Palmer, Nicholas, Hogan, 1960, Cherry Hills, you know, three different generations kind of going at it. We, we, we need to have Tiger uh, with some of these young studs on a Sunday, I think it would just be incredible television. Yeah, you, you mentioned Tiger, and it is something that I think people bring up a lot. You know, the competition wasn't as strong. I always think back to the 2002 Masters. Head into the final round, it was like Tiger and Goosen, VJ was a couple of shots back, Ernie L, Sergio Phil. The leaderboard was like the best players in the world, and Tiger was tied for the lead and, of course, goes on you know, to win by three or four shots. It was, it was a pretty impressive thing. You mentioned the, the, the fun... You and I love golf. Let's be honest. You and I are golf nerds. We get excited about anything that happens in golf. Anybody could win at any golf shot, and we don't care. We're going to talk about it. It's it's our job mainly, but we also love it. But if you think about the start, I mean, we're, what, 23 days into 2018. We've had Dustin Johnson, number one player in the world, play like the number one player in the world at the event with all the champions and win. We've had John Rahm now win and move to number two. Tommy Fleetwood again showed that he is one of the most impressive young players in the world today. And then Rory's comeback was everything you could have hoped for. Tie for third at the Abu Dhabi. Now he's going to the Omega this week. It's an exciting start to the season on a season we were already excited about. Dude, I, I can't even contain myself how, how excited I am. <laughs> People comment like, you're so, you're so joyful on the show. You're, you're so happy. It's like, I am. I, I am this so me, man. I, I mean, I'm a journalist, but I'm a, this is, this is incredible. You tell me Rory's back and, he, and he's fit. And, and he's hungry. And, and wait a second, just Sergio just won. In yeah, Singapore. Sergio. Oh, I didn't wait, mention Tommy it. was just backed up. As I said, I mean, it's a good DJ's won. Tiger smiling around. He's showed him this morning with Bryson DeChambeau. He's looking through Bryson's bag. He's hugging Jason Day. You know, Jordan Spieth is is, is, is is can't wait to play. He's playing a busy schedule. Justin, I mean, the game. I mean, just please. You know, we, we haven't talked about the Ryder Cup in Paris. Are you are you kidding me? You know, we got Rory saying, "Hey, you know, hold your hold your horses, U.S. team. You you've done well the last couple of years, but you know, we we've got some studs that are ready to do business. Thomas Peters is is back playing some great golf. He he got four points in 2016 uh, for the European side, and and this kind of this interesting turnover uh, on the European Ryder Cup side is maybe the likes of Lee Westwood, uh, you know, kind of step aside and and, and give way to the Tommy Fleetwood and." And some of these young players, it, it could be, you know, John Rahm. Can you imagine John Rahm and Sergio Garcia, you know, playing side by side in the Ryder Cup in, in Paris? I mean, oh, Yves, I mean, that, 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 that is going to be absolutely nuts. It's, and it's... I just think there are so many wonderful storylines. I hope the guys stay healthy, uh, you know, for, for the major championship season, for, for the PGA Tour season, for the Ryder Cup. I, I'm just, I'm giddy. I, I think it can be a great, great year. 
and, and, I, and I want to see these guys at the height of their power, and they want to see themselves at their best. Tiger wants those guys at their best, and those guys, they want Tiger at his best, and, and I'm hoping that everybody gets what they want. Well, I'm going I'm to finish up with this question. I've been asking a lot of people this. Um, so this week, and we're just going to focus on this week with Tiger, give me best-case scenario, a solid-case scenario for Tiger, and then worst-case scenario for him over these four days at Torrey Pines. Wow, great question. I will say best-case scenario, if I'm realistic, I think it's a, like a T20, a T20 finish. Uh, coming off of the, the layoff after the hero, uh, I think that's that's not asking too much. I, I think a win is is not realistic at this point. Yeah, I just don't, I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I I'm I'm a golf fan. I want to see the game healthy. Uh, I I don't see Tiger Woods winning a golf tournament at, at Torrey Pines. Not 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 that golf course. Uh, his great record there, notwithstanding. That that I think that's an incredibly realistic is to say Tiger will will you know T20 would be a best case scenario. I think he'd walk away happy. You know, probably more likely, I, you know, I'd say a T55, you know, makes the cut by, by a shot or two, uh, you know, or, or right on that cut line. You can miss the shot by, by a cut or two, by a, a shot or two. I've got to say that's kind of right in, in that middle. I think it's, it's probably the most likely scenario is that, uh, you know, maybe he grinds his way and, and, and makes a putt. I, I think he's feeling good and strong enough with his body. Um, you know, he doesn't have to worry about all those grainy lies that, uh, that seem to get him. Uh, a couple times during uh, his comeback, and even at, at the Hero, he had a couple of, you know, I'd say mediocre chips would be would be kind. Uh, so I could say, you know, probably what would happen, yeah, T55, T60 maybe. Uh, maybe he sneaks into the weekend, and the worst-case scenario would be that he, he reaches, you know, into, you know, reaches for his back after, you know, pulling a tee shot and, you know, trying to hit his approach shot out of that spinach, you know, off of the <laughs> Pacific Ocean coastline, and then he reaches for his back, and then he got – you got TV executives and and golf writers and grandmothers crying. You know, <laughs> Tiger be, be carried off. Uh, you guys have a somber know, Monday show. You, you, oh you, my God! You guys all wear black. Nobody crying. talks. Cue the violins, man. We'd, we'd be uh, we would be beside ourselves. <laughs> well, the, let's let's you know, fingers crossed that doesn't happen. We're gonna blur it out if he grabs his yeah. back. Hopefully, hopefully a CBS crew yeah. will do that. He, what? Do you, by the way, when, he looks when, great. He looks healthy and he happy. Lo- he looks solid. When you guys do morning drive, what's your what's your daily schedule? Like, what what are you doing? What time are you getting up? What time are you getting home? Are you taking a nap during the day? I mean, you have to get up an ungodly time, right? Yes, I'm like a, a six month old child. I, I nap all the time. <laughs> I uh, I'm up and I'm up all the time. I'm up at three forty five. Um, we meet at four thirty. So I'm I'm out of my house very very early. Uh, some days I can even push it to 4 a.m. to get out of here. Uh, it's an 18 minute drive to work. We're meeting at 4:30. Um, you know, we sit around a table. We've all got a rundown of, of you know potential uh, topics. We pretty much know the direction we're going. Um, you know, 100 talking Tiger, 200 talking Sergio. You know, 300s. We have an instructor in town from Texas, a Golf Channel Academy instructor, and, and on and on. So our half-hour meeting, I'd say 4.30 to 5. Then uh, I may go track a tease, you know, which is uh, the, the producer writes a tease. I'll edit it and kind of shape it to the way I want it to go. They put that to pictures. 5.30, I'm at my desk. Uh, I've got like a tea or a coffee and uh, a Bavita, you know, blueberry biscuit or whatever. You're like <laughs> pounding coffee. You're, like, you're like, I'm in cup four before the show starts. 
I'm telling you, I used to not drink coffee. I couldn't stand it. And now I, I can't live without it. And that's, that's the hours that, that we're on. And it's getting makeup, you know, at, at 6.15. We're in studio at 6.30. And we're getting shown highlights and kind of making sure everybody knows, uh, you know, where we're going. Any last-minute questions? And, and I imagine, uh, like you and, and like uh, golfers, you get a little nervous. You get a little, get a little nervous. You get the butterflies going. And it's an excitement when the red light goes on and, and you're doing live television. And then we're off. At nine off the air, typically we'll do some post-show tapings, perhaps a uh, post-show meeting every day, maybe around that's a 10 a.m. or so, and then we're out of there 10:30 or 11, uh, and make our way to our, our respective homes. And then that's usually when I'll I'll grab a quick bite and or take a nap. Sometimes I'll go right to the gym and then come home and take a nap. But I, I inevitably with the boys at school, I've got to steal some time while they're at school to take a nap. You know, dude, when they get home, it's on. It's it's daddy time. It's let's throw the football around. Uh, you know, let's hit the tennis racket. Let's hit some chip shots in the backyard. Let's play four square. Oh, my boys have got into football right now. I don't, I'm doing a bad job as a dad because you know golf was the leader for a while. Then kind of tennis, you know, nosed its way in, and now it's football. See, my boys are going crazy about Tom Brady and all this stuff. So I've, I've got to kind of get them back toward the uh, the fairways and greens but it's tough you know kids get influenced so uh but it's a busy house it's a lively house and but it's a it's a fun life as well yeah i mean are, are you are you seeing your boys i mean it's a good it's a good example you have, you have three boys are you seeing them you know attach themselves to certain golfers you mentioned tom brady i mean are they are they they looking at ricky fowler you know are they looking at jordan speed do they attach themselves to these young players at all considering as much as they are around golf my boys are, are about two golfers. They're about Tiger Woods and Jordan Spieth. <laughs> Those are the guys that I, I talk about. You know, they're they're like they're like uh, the rest of the, the country. That's right. You know, they're That's they're right. uh, uh, you know I've got golf on in my house all the time. Um, early on, I showed them Tiger. I wanted them to see him, and I you know you know his son called him the, the YouTube golfer. I've showed my boys some YouTube videos of Tiger. Uh, you know, and Jordan's been so dominant. Uh, you know, in his early pro career that we've had Jordan Spieth on the television quite a bit. I'd be watching a golf tournament and, and there's Jordan Spieth, you know, holding a shot from the bunker at, uh, at Travelers or, or getting out of trouble from somewhere and making a 45-foot putt. And, and the, the boys appreciate that. So they, those are the two guys they know. Tiger Woods they know and Jordan Spieth they know. And it's pretty cool. They, uh, you know, we'll sit in front of a broadcast and I'll go, all right, boys, make or miss. So so will we want, and sometimes it's funny, like I'll know, I'll, I may know ahead of time right. or, or uh, if the coverage is a little behind or if I've got the DVR on and maybe I'll kind of back it up and we'll have some fun and, and, I'll, and I'll act like I, I, I know all the time of what, what's going to happen. And, and, or we'll just watch it live and I'll be like, all right, make or miss a 10 footer, you know, Mark Leishman, like, make, you know, and he makes it, yay, you know, <laughs> their interest level in the game come and, uh, and we've got golf channel on, on the house all the time and it's got to, i have to i mean i got to keep track of what's For going sure. on i watch golf central i watch the web.com tour and uh hey we got to we got to keep uh keep abreast and, and the boys uh they're gonna know golf uh whether they want to or not just because it's on uh, just about every television in the hole <laughs> it's gonna be pounded in their brains i understand i understand well well damon i appreciate you taking some time and as i said i can't believe that, that i've never had you on i know we've tried a couple times but uh we'll definitely do it again sometime later in the year, around 2018, maybe around the Open Championship. Enjoy the Tiger experience. I know you guys are fired up about it as much as I am as well, and uh, and hopefully it's it's a best-case scenario type of situation. I'd love to see a top 20 out of the guy. 
Dude, I hope so. It's great spending time uh, with you. Look forward to the next one. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Many thanks to Curtis Strange and Damon for jumping on with me this week on the Clubhouse. Got another Clubhouse coming a little bit later this week with a special guest that's getting her season going. Just make sure you subscribe to the Clubhouse pod on Twitter. Subscribe to our Clubhouse newsletter if you haven't already. And check out that OGO giveaway. It's really easy. Write a review. Send it to that Twitter handle at the Clubhouse Pod, and you're entered. You have a chance to win a whole bunch of gear to get you set for this season. We will talk to you soon. Get out and play a little golf. It's warm where you live. Make a birdie or two. <laughs>